Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Sug Talks. I'm Craig Dill, your host, and together with our special guests, we'll take a deep dive into the topics, challenges and opportunities facing SAP users today. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ian Stubbins, Platform Engineering Lead at BP and also UKI Sugs Developer Special Interest Group Chair. And Kevin Rager, Senior Director, Global Centre of Excellence at SAP. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing low code, no code. What is it? What could it be used for? Why should you care? And what are the potential benefits for users? But before we get into that, I just thought I'd ask you both a quick question. And what I'd like to know is, what was your first computer? Now, mine, which probably showed my age here, was a Texas Instruments TI-99, which probably a lot of people have never, ever heard of. But it was kind of around the days uh, just before BBC launched uh, the first BBC computer. Uh, so starting with you, Ian, what was your first computer? Well, mine was actually a BBC Micro. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so you predate me slightly. Yeah, it was the <laughs> it was the 16K version, and I swiftly found out you couldn't really do anything on the 16K. You needed the 32K. So uh, another hundred pounds for that 16K. Shortly afterwards, and I had my, yeah, I had my BBC Micro. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Kevin? I was the Commodore 64. Oh. The Commodore 64, do you remember it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was me. Yeah, we were a bit uh, we were a bit late to the party, and I thought, God, this technology, it's never going to kick off, right? So uh, we don't need this, surely. <laughs> well, at least my parents did. And uh, and then, yeah, we uh, we finally, when all the friends were getting in, we just succumbed to all the pressure and nagged the parents uh, for long enough and uh, and hard enough and uh, yeah Commodore 64 and then shortly after that it was the Amiga 500 if I recall if you remember that one yeah 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 wow. I remember both yeah great machines actually great games that's what I remember from Commodore 64 <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot of them came on tape as well back then yeah didn't they? Yeah. 15 okay, minutes well. to load in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hoped and prayed it worked, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, thanks for that, guys. Appreciate that. So moving on to our main topic of discussion, and, and to start us off, you know, many of our, our listeners may, may have heard of uh, low-code, no-code. Uh, they may not actually have a lot of knowledge on it, uh, so, so Kevin, could you give us a breakdown of you know what low code, no code is, and how does it fit with SAP? Good question. So, to to answer that, we have to take a step back. We have to frame this whole idea a little bit. And if we understand the problem statement that we're trying to address as uh, not just as SAP but also as an industry, then the answer will seem a lot more obvious to us. Now. We're living in a world today where inflation is rampant. Markets are volatile. Uh, even the UK bond market, which is meant to be a safe haven for capital, has been fluctuating at uh, never before seen levels. Uh, remember, the Bank of England had to step in just a couple of weeks ago to prop up the, uh, uh, the, the markets with their bond purchase program costing $20 billion uh, or £20 billion. Um, Bank of Japan has been doing something similar over the recent weeks. And we're still dealing with the supply chain problems from COVID. And 
China's uh, zero COVID policies, which, uh, which they're doubling down on, are likely only going to compound issues. And at the same time, interest rates are going up and the pace of tightening of financial conditions is arguably the worst it's ever been at any point in at least living memory. Uh, Europe is also teetering on the edge of a, an energy crisis. Uh, we have the protests at the French oil refinery still dragging on, uh, the Nord Stream pipeline attacks. And on top of all of this, OPEC agreed to cut oil production by two million barrels a day. Now, as you know, wholesale costs of gas have gone up 500% since October 2020, which is actually down from 1,500% as it was over the summer. Now, my point is that all of these macro geopolitical and uh, financial headwinds are causing lots of our customers to rethink and reevaluate the strengths of their balance sheet and how they can protect themselves from a recession, a stagflation, or even perhaps a depression. And at the same time, we see a tightening in the labour market. Apple, Meta, Google, Spotify, they're just some of the big tech firms who have announced hiring freezes over the last few months. It's difficult not just to find the right talent, but even more tricky to retain and motivate people. You know, quiet quitting isn't just a meme now. It seems like it's become almost like a post-pandemic trend. And this is all happening when we're seeing the rise of new innovative technology paradigm shifts like uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, DNA sequencing, uh, robotics and uh, robotic process automation, energy storage, 5G, 6G, space Wi-Fi, etc. The list goes on. So at SAP, at SAP, we've noticed and we've been closely following these trends for many years now. We ask ourselves the question, in a world of tightening financial and labour market conditions where IT systems and landscapes are going to get more complex, you know, think legacy on-prem, think cloud, now think hybrid. How do we help our enterprise customers scale and achieve more with less? And the answer we came up with was fascinating. We looked at the industry surveys and we analysed the numbers and it turns out that about 80% of enterprise users are so-called citizen technologists. You know, these are probably people like me and you. So these are people who, who create a technology output apart, as part of their uh, full-time job. However, they're not officially part of the IT organization. And these non-IT people, so to speak, can independently use a low-code or no-code uh, technology where they click instead of code. They drag and drop components and they connect them together to create mobile or web apps uh, really, really quickly. And they do this so that they can improve business efficiency and agility. Now, the last part of your question was, how does it fit in with the SAP strategy? The, the SAP strategy is to help our customers become intelligent, sustainable enterprises. And one of the ways on how we can achieve that is by encouraging innovation. Innovation is about solving business problems. And we can do this um, with agility and speed using our low-code, no-code platform. So as an example, if you were, I don't know, if you wanted to build a, a, a desk reservation booking COVID mobile app, then I don't need to go to IT and embark on a six to nine month tech project anymore. Instead, within the trusted guardrails of IT and InfoSec, I can build my app within weeks or even days. And this is a game changer because it lowers the barrier to the technical barrier to entry. And at the same time, it also helps our customers scale massively. So is it a, dr 
a drastic oversimplification, uh, if you like, if I say it's kind of bring, bringing the ability uh, to develop apps, uh, solutions to a business user, somebody with no IT knowledge whatsoever? It's, it's much more than that. It's much, much more than that. Let me use an analogy to try and explain this. Um, you talked about our first, first computers, first uh, machines at the beginning. So let, let me take you back in time now a little bit. Let me take you back in time to 1996. You know, 1996, the Spice Girls are going to rule the world. It's still cool to be driving a Ford Cosworth. And we think that this year, this year is going to be the year that football is finally going to come home. <laughs> Only for us to lose in the semifinals against Germany. And then it's 1966 <laughs> all over again, right? <laughs> so your, your head's in 1996 now. So now imagine that you're a medium to large size, large size business. So a medium to large size organization. And you want to build a website. Why do you want to build a website? Because you're an innovative person, innovative organization. You know the future of commerce is going to be online, so you want to build a website. But there's a problem. You don't know HTML. You don't know JavaScript. You don't know CSS. You have no idea how to host a web page, let alone a website. And these are all specialized extraterrestrial technologies as far as you're concerned. So what do you do? Well, you go to your favorite SI, you take a number, you wait your turn, and then after many, many weeks or sometimes months, um, they build you a website. And it would be primitive by today's standards, of course, but that, that would, in and of itself would have been a huge IT project. And by the way, it would have cost you anything between 50K and 500K. Now, today, if you wanted to do the same thing, what do you do? You go to Wix.com and within 20 minutes, you have a professional grade website with pre-built templates, inbuilt security, authentication for things like credit cards, e-commerce and stuff. And they'll even host it for you for less than 20 pounds a month. Simple. So how did that magic trick work? Well, the magic was that they were able to commoditize a previously niche capability. And we're trying to do precisely sim something very precisely similar with our low-code, no-code platform. It's not about replacing the old way of doing things with a faster with a new faster system you know that would be analogous to, to 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 using a smartphone like the the new google pixel 7 but only ever using it to make telephone calls and even then only ever to a landline it's about innovating it's about building new revenue streams it's about uh, simplifying landscapes and accelerating development and this in turn will enable our customers to remain relevant uh, remain competitive and compliant in an ever-increasing difficult and regulatory driven market Thank you. And, and, and Ian, if I can just turn to you for a second, you know, you, you lead our, our developers community. And what are the benefits of low code, no code for SAP developers and system owners? Well, I mean, certainly it's something that, um, that we've been looking at recently. Um, we have, in fact, we did a workshop um, earlier on this year that, uh, that Kevin ran um, on, uh, on our behalf as well. So the the community are very much uh, engaged in low-code, no-code. What does it have to offer? So it's not necessarily just for the citizen developers, but also for the, the actual, um, the hardcore developers, if you like, to expedite the work that they are doing. And at BP, we've got our own um, citizen development centre. Um, we call it the, uh, the Digital Citizen Centre. In fact, they've been active for just over a year now, I believe. Um, we 
we've been looking at uh, ServiceNow, Salesforce. We have Power Apps in there, Power BI, and OneMap. We're wondering, does SAP fit into that space as well? So for our system owners, so yes, resource constraints are, are you know are real. Um, the cost of developing software is yeah, it is real. It's a lot of money. So if some of that can be delivered by citizen developers or just expedited by actual developers, then it's something that we're really, really interested in. So, so looking at that from uh, the perspective of a, a large organisation, you know, BP, huge organisation, created the, the centre, how, how does it also help, Kevin, smaller businesses, maybe a mid-sized organisation? There are lots, lots of examples um, where we can help with our low-code and no-code and automation technologies. In fact, any business process that involves either an approval or an interaction with multiple people or teams, or virtually any activity that involves using a business application uh, in a in a repetitive manner, can be automated or optimized using our low-code, no-code, um, using low-code, no-code technologies. You know, think um, think capital expenditure approval process. Think uh, account openings, think uh, arranging visa permits, uh, document approvals or return order processing. Um, well, here's another real life example uh, to, to really to, to, to crystallize the point. Um, we're working at the moment with, uh, with an airline operator, a European airline operator, and they process almost 600 million invoices a year. Now, some of these invoices are processed automatically, but the vast majority are still processed manually. And because it's a, a, um, it's a relatively intensive task, they outsource this work to an agency. And many small to medium enterprises, to your point, to your question, will probably do the same thing. Now, the agency charges anything between 50 cents and uh, €1.50 per invoice, per invoice. And we looked at that and we thought, oh, cool, that's just... That's just a use case screaming to be optimized. So now we're working with them to use our low-code, no-code technology to auto-scan invoices and then use our machine learning technology to read the invoices. You know, we, uh, the algorithms effectively, they, they go through the, the, the text, the image, if you like, of the, the invoice and they extract all the required information. So the sender's name, the amount, the date, et cetera. And then they finally use, we're finally using our SAP process automation technology where the robot assigns the workflow and does the invoice posting to their ERP system, to S4. Now, in terms of benefits, I mean, the benefits are, are, are going to be huge. We're expecting to save 80 to 95% of time, reduce 99% plus of errors, 99% errors, and the entire process is going to be 90% plus cheaper than their status quo. And this is a game changer. And it's also the, the, um, the digitization or the hyper digitization of, uh, of commerce and business and organizations as we're seeing it. And in, in a large part, I mean, let's face it, if you've ever tried to book an appointment with your GP lately, you know, all industries are going this way. Digitization is happening and it's very real. And partly COVID is to, um, COVID was part of the reason for that. So hope that, uh, hope that answers the question. Thanks. So obviously a lot of uh, view around the automation of, of, of manual tasks and, you know, from, from that example you used there about 
six million invoices, if you like, that that's a hell of a saving. Uh, if, if you can automate the, the majority of, the, of that task. And so does that mean that organisations become less reliant on specialist SAP developers? Just back to your point earlier, Ian, about uh, staffing and, and costs and things and the costs of development. And obviously what you mentioned earlier, Kevin, uh, about the, the, the current, if you like, uh, volatile nature of the market and the ability to get skilled staff in, in these areas. So so does, would that make the likes of BP perhaps, uh, as an example, Ian, less reliant on specialist developers by using this technology? Not necessarily, I wouldn't say. I think there is there is a place for pro-code and, and there's a place, place for the, the low-code and no-code. I think what it does, it, um, it reduces the bottleneck um, of the innovation that is required to, to try and stay one step ahead. So, you know, we, we do have a lot of uh, SAP developers, um, but the as I suppose, as, as we probably called it before, the, the more sort of shadow IT um, of the citizen developer is, is a, real, a real use case, um, which, which has been recognised, as I mentioned. So there is definitely a space for both. There will be the, um, the more lighter weight scenarios, perhaps, that, that can be automated. But there is certainly a place for the more complex scenarios that will rely on your highly skilled developer so definitely a place for both um, both types of activity i would say so it's back to i suppose uh, in in my simplistic mind sorry freeing up the 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 coders the developers to do real value adding stuff absolutely yes yeah absolutely yeah if i if i just add to that you know again using an analogy i bet i bet if i went into your garage uh, Craig, and um, I look through all your tools in your toolbox. I bet you I'd find a handsaw, but I bet I'd also probably find a jigsaw. Now, that's not to say that the handsaw is better than the jigsaw. They are both very valid tools, and I'd probably also find a hacksaw somewhere in there as well. They are all valid tools, but they just have a slightly different use case. If you wanted to cut a lot of lumber, you could do it with a handsaw if you wanted, if you had the time, if you had the energy but you might be better off with a chainsaw. There's a strength of fit. It's not a zero-sum game. Every tool has a strength of fit for a given use case. And as you know, if I went into your garage, the more tools you have at your disposal, the easier it's going to make that um, chopping up the log job that your missus has asked you to do, because, uh, hey, energy costs are driving up this winter, um, the easier it's going to make that task, right? That's a good Very. thing. It's a good thing. That, that's really good and a very good analogy, although you'd have had to come about four weeks ago because uh, we, we're getting a downstairs loo fitted and my wife's taking away 90% of my garage, so I haven't even <laughs> got much space in my tools. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you. That, that really does, uh, you know, the right tool for the right job. Just simplistically, thank you. Hi. We're the UK and Ireland SAP user group. Did you know we're a fiercely independent not-for-profit? Did you know we're a vibrant community of over 6,500 SAP users? And did you know we help each other by sharing resources, championing education and influencing SAP's future development? Well, you do now. If you'd like to get the most from your SAP investments and be in the know, visit our website, sapusers.org forward slash pod.
We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. And so what advice would you give, Kevin, to organisations looking to use a low-code, no-code platform or tools? I think most people right now would benefit from doing one of three things, or three things, if they can. I think the first thing is to learn as much as you can. There's a lot of boredom and even frustration in our ecosystem. You know, just open up Twitter and you get lost in the whole tribal walls of this vendor does this, that vendor does that. Um, the one with the blue logo is better. The one with the orange one isn't. And, you know, they're just turf wars almost. And and it's just it's just noise. And instead, I think it's better if we just learn what this paradigm and shift is about how low-code, no-code fits into the hyper-automation space, how related technologies like artificial intelligence, like machine learning, et cetera, event-driven software architectures, VPM solutions, how they all come together and how they fit in. I think that's the first thing. The second thing, I think it's important and perhaps even incumbent on everybody in the industry to do your part. Now, what your part is, is unique to you. So if you're a technical person, help build something. Might be a POC, might be a weekend project, might be something full-time, just just go do that. If you're really good at articulating ideas and, and communicate well with senior management on the benefits of scaling with these technologies, go do that. Maybe you like teaching, maybe you wanna promote this paradigm shift to your coworkers one afternoon. Whatever it is, just do your bit to help grow, to, to help evangelize the ecosystem, because it's going to take a lot of people in our industry to make this happen. And, and we all have our part to play. And the third thing is, the final thing I think is, remember how early we still are in this space. In my view, most vendors and SAP included, I think we've only really existed in any real mainstream, credible enterprise offering in an enterprise offering way um, in this space for for what less than what number would you put on it Ian five years would you say that was a good number <coughs> less than five oh, years say five. Yeah, yeah yeah I mean yeah. obviously I mean low code no code uh, in itself has probably been around for a decade but you know and you go through these peaks and troughs of this is the time when it's ready and when it's ripe for exactly for, you know for real development but I think now, absolutely, we're, we're on the cusp of it, yeah. Exactly. So I mean, let's just pick a number and say it's half a dozen years. But that still means it's relatively new and the opportunity mm. is absolutely massive because the market is nowhere near saturation like some of the other disciplines in our industry. But equally, equally, there are going to be some teething problems along the way. And by being active and taking part, we can all make this space better. Look, no one's going no to dispute that the, the new iPhone 14 isn't a brilliant piece of technology. But to get to the iPhone 14, the industry had to go through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of pain and problems. And the honest truth is, the honest truth is success is always built on the back of failure. So don't be scared to fail. It's part of the course if you ever want to succeed. Thank you. And, and Ian, just, just looking at it, obviously you, you talked there about uh, the from, from the customer side. So, uh, if an organization's looking to, to want to get maybe involved in this, what, what advice would you give from a customer perspective? <clears throat> well, actually, as, as Kevin mentioned, I mean, don't, uh, don't be scared of failure, certainly. Um, we, we run POCs on products all the while, um, and we decide, of course, how, how mature that product is uh, and how capable it is to be part of the, the BP ecosystem. 
So, you know, we're, we're looking at both um, AppGyver and process automation, as well as a, a host of other SAP products as well. And we will make sure that as our projects evolve internally, at, what, at which point, of course, those products are able to take on um, uh, what we need it to take on within, uh, within our projects. So absolutely always active development looking at these kind of, uh, these kind of POCs. Thank you. And that kind of a couple of those products kind of rang a bell uh, with me as we were building the program for you guys to connect coming up at the end of November. And I think we're covering some some of these elements in in the program, aren't we? We certainly are. Yes. Yeah. Within the uh, developer stream and the UX stream, I believe both of those are covered. Yeah. Because there is a lot of a lot of interest. Um, as I mentioned, Kevin ran a workshop for us, and that was a a direct result actually of some activity um, within BP itself and it seemed a great way to combine that uh, that activity with a wider audience as well because um, yeah it's it's a lot of interest with a lot of companies and a lot of people at the moment. Excellent so we've got some user group events coming up there cover, covering uh, the low code no code tools and technology and Kevin anywhere else where uh, our, our listeners can go for more information mm-hmm. to learn more? We have a ton of content and material to get you started. Head over to sap.com and search for Low Code, No Code. Uh, you can also try heading over to the SAP Discovery Center, where we have a step-by-step uh, guide or step-by-step tutorials. Uh, you can also check out learning.sap.com, where you can get certified uh, on things like SAP Process Automation, uh, AppGyver, etc., the Low Code, No Code toolset. Uh, and if you're still keen, still hungry, uh, and you want to learn even more, then um, then head over to the events page on sap.com. And we regularly host uh, customer forums, and, and you mentioned uh, one at the end of November, uh, in November. There's also one up and coming in um, uh, 27th of October in Paddington. I think you're going to that as well, Craig, aren't you? Yeah, yes, indeed, um, yes. Yeah. So I will if, see you if, both there. It's awesome. Oh, if, we can get, if, we, if we can get this message out to our listeners in time, then uh, maybe we can, uh, maybe they could also come <laughs> along and, uh, and see us in the flesh. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. So lots of places to go for information. Uh, and, you know, if you're listening, you're not a member of the user group, join now and get involved. Uh, OK, just now looking towards the future and just uh, com- coming towards the end of our discussion, uh, what kind of future developments has SAP got planned for low-code, no-code, Kevin? Broadly speaking, we're going to have much tighter integration with uh, with BTP, with our business technology platform, um, fusion with other related disciplines like uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, other packaged software solutions, and our core ERP offerings as well. Um, and uh, and as as I said earlier on, this isn't this isn't a technology that sits in isolation, it fits as part of a broader ecosystem of hyper automation as well. So this is, we often like to think of these as fusion teams coming together. And uh, and even within SAP, we're seeing many different teams, many different parts of SAP that previously were unconnected. So for example, the AI labs were previously unconnected with the um, uh, the app development labs for, for a low-code, no-code, for the low-code, no-code platform. They are now coming together. And what I would say though, for anyone really interested in uh, and really wants to see what the official position is on this, then head over to our roadmap viewer on uh, on our website and um, we have lots more detail. And if you're still in doubt, reach out to us or come along to our Paddington event next week and uh, um, and uh, meet us in person and we'll do our best to, 
to answer your questions and have you covered. Thank you very much. And anything to add from your side, Ian? Well, as well as the uh, the learning offers that uh, Kevin mentioned, I would be really keen on an open SAP course. So I don't know whether there's one already thought about or in production, but uh, I find the open SAP course is really, really useful. So perhaps uh, perhaps a nod to the team there, Kevin, that, uh, that something <laughs> would be really useful. Yeah, Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- thanks very much, guys. Uh, Ian, Kevin... Thank you so much for your time and insights and thank you for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the conversation and found it valuable. Please make sure you do hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. So until the next time, stay safe, stay well and keep washing your hands. (laughs) 